The Beers and Ears podcast is brought to you by Magical Memories by Casey. That's right, your favorite podcast host is now an authorized vacation planner. Are you looking to plan your next trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Orlando or Hollywood, Disney Cruise Line, Alania Disney Resort, or Adventures by Disney? Then look no further. Planning with an authorized planner through an earmarked agency like Main Street and More Travel costs you nothing extra but you gain years of experience with someone who has helped others with their magical trip. I often get asked, when is the right time to start planning? And I recommend at least six months out. But even if you're within the six months, the perfect time is always right now. Reach out to me at CaseyWooley at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com or find the initial interest form at www.SorcererNetwork.com or Facebook.com slash MagicalCasey. And if you have any friends and family who are planning, send them my way too. You know me, you trust me, so why not book your next magical memory with me? Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an inevitable episode of the beers and ears podcast when this podcast was born this episode had to happen at some point and here it is everybody the day is today i of course am matt jo- i think i already said that but i am joined by the wonderful casey woolley <laughs> matt you you have been waiting for this day this has been like two and a half years in the making i want to say probably uh and yes this is casey and we have gone back to our roots um and this is a convince me which we have not done in quite some time time, i want to say yeah yes yes so i mean a part of it is i mean i've kind of the hot takes are are there but you know there's a very fine line between a hot take and an idiotic take Like, if I were to say, like, Beauty and the Beast is a bottom half Disney movie, that's just an idiotic take. You cannot like Beauty and the Beast, that's fine. That's fair, yeah. But but to say it's a bottom half is is idiotic. 100%. But... But but the hot take is 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 an art form. It's 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 just delightful. So you know sometimes you got to have the right hot take in order to do a convince me. And and this the Emperor's New Groove is just the perfect movie for a hot take because there is some evidence of this movie being better than what I think people think it is. Uh, but also, this is a movie that is very near and dear to my heart. It's and funny. I, I was having a conversation. So I was having a conversation with Nate about this yesterday that we were going to have this episode. My partner Nate, and he too absolutely loves this movie. He is, he is in pro Emperor's New Groove territory. So I have some interesting thoughts about that conversation that I had with him after you 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 attempt to convince me that this is a a good movie. So. Um, yeah, why don't you, uh, let's get moving. This is, I'm so this ready. is the best part about these particular uh, episodes is the person being convinced doesn't have to do a whole lot of preparation. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so I have to, I feel like I first have to say my personal bias. And I, I believe I've talked about this on the show. I, I cannot remember. We are now up to like episode 170 something with Infinity Saga. I cannot remember everything that I've said. 
<laughs> but this was my wife and I's first date that I okay. brought over this movie and we watched this movie. So I have watched this movie a lot with my wife and this has been just a really, really fun movie uh, the, but the, and special movie to us because it was our first date. So I understand that there is the rosiest of glasses on for this movie because of that. So let's recognize that bias, but yes. let's now remove that bias. So we have the Emperor's New Groove. The first reason that this is a criminally underrated and wonderful Disney movie is it's a pretty original story. We are in the, the world of remakes and rehashes and all this other stuff. And this is one of the movies that if you're looking for a wacky, out-of-the-box, something that you've never seen before, okay. this is the movie that you want to watch. For those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, the basis of this movie is that this selfish emperor gets turned into a llama and has to go on this adventure with this villager to get turned back into a human. And Yzma and Kronk are the villains who are trying to prevent that because Yzma is trying to take over the kingdom. That's a very crude description because it's impossible to describe this movie in like a couple sentences. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, the elevator pitch of this movie is there's an emperor that gets turned into a llama and wacky things happen. If you're into wacky types of movie, boom. That's what you want. Uh, the voice acting cast. If you're talking about a powerhouse cast, the voice acting in here, oh, man. Yep. It, it rivals many Disney movies. Like, I almost say, name me a Disney movie that has a better cast or is on the same level as 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 this movie. You've got David Spade voices uh, voices uh, uh, Emperor Cusco, the main character. John Goodman voices Pacha, that's the village leader. Eartha Kitt voices Yzma. Patrick Warburton voices Kronk. And that's the big four. And then you start kind of reading in some of the people of minor roles. You have Wendy Malick voices uh, voices. Pacha's wife, who, interesting fun fact, is the first uh, pregnant character to oh, appear in a Disney animated movie. Okay. So she is, like, very pregnant, and it is it is a key point to some jokes and the plot and, like, things like that. So um, interesting. That's just kind of an odd thing that this movie yeah. has. Um, and then a bunch of voice acting legends that you probably would not know if they passed you walking across the street. But, like, the guy who voices Squidward, he voices some a character in this movie. Oh, no. I believe, That's probably why Nate likes it so much. Yes, I believe <laughs> He loves that is, SpongeBob. Oh, I, I wish I could remember which one it is. I know I've read it before. But regardless, um, he does that. You've got, um, you've got Tom Jones, who is a, a... Wow. He's a very famous Las Vegas singer. He do, he's the guy that's the theme song guy. He sings the theme song. Yep. Um, Jim isn't Cummings. He who, isn't, isn't he the one who's like, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone? Isn't the Tom Jones? Isn't Tom Jones? Uh, let's Carl- see. He's the guy who does he does the Carlton. Yeah, song. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. You're exactly right. But I okay. mean, yeah, that guy's done. I mean, that, that, that's how I know him. I think that's how a lot of people of our generation are gonna know Tom Jones because he's been around the block a while. Oh yeah, he is not. He's not. Uh, he he's he's not a new name. <laughs> let's say no, that. Not at all. So cast just blowing it out of the water. And then 
I think, and this is again, this is this is not a this is not a bit. This is not a a hot take, or this is a hot take. I truly believe from beginning to end, this is the funniest Disney animated movie. I think other Disney movies have funnier moments, but I think from beginning to end, this movie has funnier, has a greater density of funny moments. Really? Yes. Yes. I find myself laughing. This whole movie is just one big laugh fest. It starts out from the beginning. Where, you know, you've got kind of the fourth wall thing, and then it starts out with him as a baby, and you got theme song guy, and it's this, and then the guy gets thrown out the window because he throws off his groove, and then... Is that it, why he gets a new groove? And that, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and the humor in this is a lot of times very, very subtle. I, 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 t- I tell people that this movie is a fine wine. You have to let it breathe a little bit. I think <laughs> in first watch, you kind of miss a bunch of stuff. But there's so many jokes that are very, very subtle. There's a couple that I want to give in as an example because I have this entire movie memorized. So Yzma is, is plotting you know, how, to, how to get back who's going. He's like, oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box. And then I'll put that box inside of a box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. And then she's talking about how brilliant it is. She knocks over the potion. And then she goes, or to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. It it seems like a throwaway line. But that line's really funny. (laughs) That she goes through this whole plan. I'm laughing because you're laughing at it so much. Like so funny. I, okay, yeah, I'll wait to respond. Continue. <laughs> like she goes through this whole plan and then just, or I guess to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. <laughs> um, just fantastic. Um, the whole dinner scene where they're trying to poison him and and Kronk very much obviously is like, oh, oh, right. I'll get him his drink <laughs> and his cover story of, you see that sky today? Talk about blue. Uh, just <laughs> so many great lines. And then the another great subtle point is when they're they're at Pacha's family's house, trying to you know gather information on where Pacha is, and Isma in order to distract uh, uh, Wendy Malik's character, um, Chi, uh, Chipa I think is her name, um, uh, Pacha's wife, she knocks over her drink and she ooh clumsy me, <laughs> and she sarcastically looks at her and goes no no allow me and then anyone who's ever been pregnant knows what she does she like widens her stance and like bends down to get the cup and again that moment seems like a throwaway nothing but it's funny it has really really good comedic timing and this is not uh this is this is throughout the film that there's there's the haha you know big big funny moments but then there's just the the little tiny moments and the last one I want to do is, is, is one that I feel like the writers were like, shoot, it's at the end. And Yzma, after she is, spoiler alert for this year 2000 movie, Yzma has now turned into a cat and she falls off the top of the palace. And I'm sure that the writers went, shoot, how do we get her back up there? <laughs> because she has to continue to do this stuff. And 
someone had to have the idea where it just cuts to the bottom and and it's this guy in a palace guard and the palace guards talking to him for the last time we did not order a giant trampoline you know pal you could have told me that before i set it up and then yzma comes down and bounces back up and that's it that's all we see of the trampoline salesman <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's 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 just just delightful. So I, again, I I think funnier moments in in other Disney movies, but I just think of every like individual scene here has some excellent funny moments, and the voice actor do such a great job. You know, David Spade plays the the selfish guy really really well, mm-hmm. and Eartha Kitt plays this very eccentric beauty queen. Patrick Warburton's voice for those of, I mean the, the uh, Soren of course is if you're a Disney Parks person he's the person in, in it, yep. it, that narrates Soren and he's been in tons of other stuff Joe his from, voice from Family is, Guy <laughs> uh, yes jo, yeah Joe from Family Guy like his his voice is so unique and plays Kronk's character very very well and even John Goodman as Pacha I think does a very nice job as this like you know home you know homegrown village man uh, so you got that. This and and uh, let me back this. Let me back up some of this with some facts here. Now I get you know we talk about reviews and how they are very much opinion based, mm-hmm. and so it is hard to. That's what this whole episode is. I mean, but that's what this whole episode is, and I will absolutely tout when a movie is is very, very good. So first of all, we've talked about this with Atlantis and Treasure Planet, and this movie comes you know, in that range. Yes, it has the theme song song, but this is not a musical, and it does not follow the traditional you know, 90s Disney movie uh, blueprint. Trope, and yeah. so a lot of these movies that came right after the 90s were panned because they weren't what the 90s were. And that's a dumb reason for a movie not to be good. (laughs) Just (laughs) flat out. Um, But on Rotten Tomatoes, this holds an 86% based on 132 reviews. That's pretty good. Um, In 2018, IGN did a list of best animated Disney films. And it got number 16, which Hmm. is... When you start like thinking about the Disney movies now, granted again, 2018, so you're you're talking, you know, Frozen Two hasn't come out, and Ryan the Last Dragon hasn't come out, and like you know, you're you've got some heavy hitters that are not there, but that puts it in the top half, bordering top third of Disney movies, and I, I think with the product that I've seen come out since its 20th anniversary in 2020 you see that there's a fan base there. And and I, I think it's another one of those like cult classic films that Disney has a, a, a cash cow on their hands of people who remember this movie and really, really loved it. So we talk about this all the time too. The movie's rewatchable. It's a short movie. I believe it's under hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're just, ah, oh, man, I got a little bit of time just need something that you know i'm gonna have a great time on you can throw it on it's got great replay value so for all of these reasons i think that i i I am not of emperor's new groove is the best disney movie that's that would be on that falls under the idiotic takes (laughs) but emperor's new groove absolutely is a top half disney movie easily and 
depending on how you want to rate some of the middle ones, can even kind of push that top third. Mm-hmm. So that is my is soliloquy of Emperor's New Groove. I could go on, but no one wants to hear me quote the entire movie for the next 45 minutes. So I'm going to resist. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I think first, I think you did a really good job laying out your case. Let's start there. Right. Um, how old are you again? I'm 31. Okay. So we were having this conversation. I was having this conversation with Nate yesterday. So, so Nate's 33. So he's a couple years older than you, but not much. He's, he's of the same I know sometimes you and I say we're of the same generation, but, you know, being, you know, eight years older than you, there, there is a difference there. There's a gap. I mean, basically this movie came out in 2000 and what again? 2000, like movie. Year, yeah, year this 2000. came out in 2000. So I would have been a junior in high school. You would have been, um, you know, 11. You would have been in middle school or even maybe potentially elementary school, depending on how it all shook out with the years. Right. I think that's important. So I think there's a couple of things that, that, that you called out. So I, first things first, I want to acknowledge that you make a very valid point about the voice cast. The voice cast is an all-star cast. Um, it has stood the test of time. John Goodman is still very much active today. Um, Patrick Warburton is still very much active today. And despite the fact that I just can't stand David Spade, he is absolutely a, a phenomenal um, uh, actor. And Eartha Kitt, I mean, come on, it's Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Just yeah. I, I will I will interject here as well. Like David Spade is not my favorite actor, but yeah. his voice acting in this specific role is amazing. <laughs> so I think there you're hundred percent right. I could absolutely see why your argument of of you know this movie being as good as it is. But I think the flip side of that has a lot to do with when it was made and how do I want to say this? And this was part of the conversation that I had with Nate yesterday. He brought a very good point. He, he said to me, he said, there is a generation, there is a group, there is a cult basically online of people who do not understand the, um, the, the vitriol, if you will, towards this movie, the, 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 the kind of the write-off of this movie, Atlantis, Treasure Planet, that whole group of of the 2000s nate made a very good point on he's like there's a whole group of people who are my age meaning his age 30 30 to 35 let's say who this was their childhood right and i think there's something very important here that i think there's a reason why maybe this is starting to come back into the zeitgeist a little bit which is my generation which grew up on the aladdins the the um, Beauty and the Beast, the Renaissance era. I, I was the age that you, I was the age during those movies that when you were the age of these movies. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, because I caught those movies later. Like, yes. I, I wasn't going, I, I caught the re-releases because I remember I, I saw The Little Mermaid in theaters when they re-released it into the theater. I was not born in 1989 when that yes. released. See, where I would have been at that point, I would have been six. So I was still a little young, but the Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, that whole run, I would have been anywhere between, you know, the eight and, you know, 13 years old that that group was pretty much trying to target. And then, of course, when that early 2000 stuff comes in, 2000 through 2000 and whatever, I'm in high school, I'm in college, I'm too, I'm too big to watch Disney movies, I'm too grown up, those aren't for me. Do you remember... Um, <laughs> 
there's a there's a period in Disney training. If you remember this when we when we learned Disney training at the Disney store, where they talk about the different age groups and they talk about the lost years, right? Yeah. For for girls, the lost years start usually a little earlier. They usually start in that like twelve year old range. But for boys, they 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 start at twelve and they go through college basically. And you don't necessarily always get the boys back. It's it, it depends. You know they've really tried over the years. My point is, I was in the lost years during this time period and I wasn't watching Disney during this time period. I had written it off in my life. Right. And so I don't have that emotional connection to these movies. Right. Can, um, I, can I ask you one thing um, yeah. where we're like um, Shrek was kind of like the big thing that came out during those early 2000s that really was a hit. Was that something that yes. you like saw? Uh, yes, that was the anti-Disney. That okay, was the, okay. That was the anti-Disney, and I was I was super into Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek 3, Shrek the 4th, like all of that. I mean, I loved all of those movies. It was the anti-Disney, and it was the, it was the you know, it was making fun of the fairy tale trope, right? Which was the whole point. That's what they were going for. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was the, that was the thing. So I think that's part of the reason why it doesn't resonate with me. I think the second reason why I've never liked this movie is something that you pointed out. I don't think it's funny. I don't find it comical. (laughs) Um, Nate and I were having a conversation about this. Um, This is going to sound horrible. And I'm going to get, please, everyone, if you like this kind of humor, that's fine. But it's just the way I have it in my mind. There is such a thing as dumb humor and smart humor. Yes. And, and like, and I always parallel it like this family guy is dumb humor. American dad is smart humor. That's actually a really good, like having, being a fan of both shows, that's actually a very, very good. And there's a reason why I like American dad so much more than I like family guy. Family guy is just like, you literally put it on just to just zone. Like you, like you don't follow the story and because it, it takes you 80 different ways from Sunday. Right. But American dad, there's at least somewhat of a cohesive story as you're watching, as you're watching the, 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 the series. Well, and there's, and there's a lot of jokes that pan through like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a little bit of rabbit trail. Go Anytime ahead. that Roger says you should go down and check out this guy and they go, I'm going to get down there. It's going to be you. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strong or, possibility. Or, or the golden poop. <laughs> yes. Continuity. Yeah. I mean, there's a continuity there, right? The, the golden poop or, or, um, uh, Stalio, Stalio Cantos. Yeah, like, 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 like that. Yeah, like, or, or, um, the the one uh, where he's he's the one character he has that, like, nobody. I can't remember his name off, but like, is it he, Ricky Spanish? Yes, Ricky Spanish. Ricky Spanish. Yes, yes. So there's 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 smart humor there, yeah. and then there's the fart jokes of a <laughs> Family Guy. And don't get me wrong, the chicken fighting with 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 Peter Griffin's fun to some degree, but but you're I, right. That's more dumb humor. Yes. like that's just dumb humor. So I say this. I say this because to me, Emperor's New Groove is just dumb humor. Like there's nothing. I, I don't, I, yes, will I laugh at some of the jokes? Yes. But like, I just, I don't know. I found myself walking out or after watching it going, what was the point of that? Like, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel good at the end for me. Okay. I, I don't know. And I, and I just have no other way to put it. It's just, it's just, and maybe it's because it is David Spade and I don't like David Spade. Right. And that, that's I, real. Like, and it, I love it, Patrick Walburton. I do. I absolutely love him. I love him in, in, in Soren. I love him in some of the other stuff that he's done. I just, for me, it just it, it always fell flat, and I just don't like Isma. I have never liked Isma really? as a villain. No, 
She she's kooky and wacky, and I love it. <laughs> I guess I like my villains the way Nate described her to me yesterday, which which was she's the Jafar of of this world. Except in my mind, she's a dumb Jafar. Like Jafar's conniving and sinister and and smart and and kind of intelligent and 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 he has his moments like he has that really dry witted humor. Same with like with like with um you know, Scar, he, he, you know, he's, he's intelligent. He's smart. He's outwitting. Yzma's none of that. Yzma is just this bumbling, like sorceress who doesn't know what she's doing. And she messes up her spell and makes him into a llama. Like, like if you're really that good, you should have been able to well, poison him. She I didn't know. do that. Uh, well, her labeling was bad. Yes. Yes. Fair <laughs> enough. My, my, I guess, I guess, I guess I, if I was to classify it, I have a hard time. There's a hard suspension of disbelief. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I recognize that this is a wacky movie. And and wacky things, this is not just movies, but like board games, video games, other things like that. There's some people, and I'm one of those, that have a taste for the wacky game. And then there's, a, like, I just started playing a game that where it's like a battle royale type thing, except you're in an Ikea and so you like throw furniture <laughs> at people. Okay. It, it's it's a really wacky game. And I understand why other people may be like, this game is really, really dumb. But I'm having really a lot of fun with yeah. it. I have some board games that I try to. So like the, the best one that I always try to describe to people, it's called Ex Libris. Okay. You are a gnome librarian and you're trying to uh, build the most epic library by putting the books in alphabetical order and uh, uh, making sure it's structured well and putting a nice variety. It's a wacky game. And the amount of times that I tell that to people and they're like, that game sounds really dumb. And like, I promise it's so much fun. Honestly, though, the idea of putting stuff in alphabetical order, that actually sounds, sounds kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. It's a have, board one time game when we have a game video. night, I'll have to okay. bring it over because yes. it is super fun. Okay. Like I, I could see myself playing that game. I don't know. I, and again, Maybe again, I, I think what this boils down to, because there are other other Disney wacky movies that I have watched that I absolutely enjoy. And there are wacky cartoons that I have watched that I absolutely enjoy. I think maybe this just boils down to the timing of when the movie came out. And, and you, you know, the, the old saying, you only get one chance to make a great first impression. So if the first impression I ever got from the movie was that I didn't like it. Every other time I'm going to watch the movie, I'm going to be clouded. I mean, I remember the last time I watched this and granted, it's been about eight years since I've watched it again. I mean, this was 2014. I watched this back when I was in Naperville with Nate, but I just remember walking away. Like I, I halfway through it, we were watching. And I was just like, eh, okay. Like it just wasn't, it you're wasn't like, like, oh, thank goodness. This movie's not long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just wasn't my cup of tea i'm trying to think if there's another movie in the disney library that i can compare this to that that um i, I think that's what's so hard about this movie is you know other movies you can be like you know it's kind of like this or it's kind of like this this really is a unicorn in terms of movies because mm. like I, i'm trying to think of what other disney movie i could say oh yeah it's it's kind of like this and it's it, it, you know what this reminds me of is sword in the stone i hated sword in the stone Okay. It's just, it's got that wackiness. Like Merlin's like that wacky character in Sword and Stone. That's kind of how Yzma is, even though, you know, two different kind of parts, obviously. That kind of reminds me of that. I just wasn't a huge fan of Sword and Stone. That's not, not my cup of tea. Like, you know, here's what this is. This kind of reminds me of like a movie that might have been made like, like a Robin Hood even. Like it, it, it was, would have been made in the, the 60s or the 70s. 
it just doesn't feel modern Disney to me. Okay. I don't I mean, it, it, it is in that range where they're, they're sensing that their era is over and they're definitely trying to, cause I remember the advertising for this movie Yeah, was very much like, you know, from the animators that gave you Aladdin and, you know, they were really trying to be like, look, look, mm-hmm. these, these people behind it, because this movie actually went through a lot of development. They were starting to develop this movie. It said like it was a hundred million dollar budget. It was a yeah. hundred million dollar budget and it only grossed 169 million. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I just thought of it. It has a made for TV vibe to it. Like this would be a Disney plus movie if Disney plus was out back then. You're probably right at that, that this would definitely been a Disney plus movie, yep. which, you know, there are some Disney plus movies, you know, I, I don't, have you seen the trailer for the live action Pinocchio? Oh yeah. It looks fabulous. Yeah. Like I can't believe that, I can't believe they're not releasing it in the theaters. Like to me, I, that would have been a theatrical release. Yeah. But I think and, they and, had to make a decision when they, when they, yeah. 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 I, I know this is a whole nother discussion, but I also, you know, the, the thing that they do in a lot of these movies is totally change the look of the characters and Pinocchio is he looks identical. He identical. Looks yeah. Jiminy looks great. Blue Fairy looks awesome. I mean, I, the whole movie looks. Monstro looks fabulous. Oh, oh. Yeah, it so looks good. So I, I, I didn't think I would ever say this, but I'm excited to watch the live action Pinocchio. You know, it's funny. Um, Pinocchio was our third ever show on this podcast. I, I was, think actually was like, I think it was our first. No, like no, besides no. the get was to it? know you. Was it? Hold on. Well, say there was get to know you. Hold on. There was the get that. to know you. And there I was get like, to know you. You're right. It was either get to know you. I think it was get to know you. And then there was Pinocchio. And then there was one other one in there. And then Incredibles was in there. Yeah, convinced me. Okay. So maybe it was our second ever show then. So yeah, technically first, I guess. If you yeah. 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 So like first you, like yeah. episode where we talked about content. So we'll probably, I mean, that's, that's releasing here in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we'll have to figure out when we can actually review it. So, so we'll have to, we'll have to, to review it because I, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, which you know, they released Lady and the Tramp on there. Still haven't watched that. No, same. Same have not. No, <laughs> and, no. And, and, and I but I was never that. a Lady and the Tramp original fan either. It really wasn't my cup of tea. I, I think, you know, and, and this is this is actually interesting discussion, you know, because you've brought this up with the Emperor's New Groove. I don't have the emotional connection to any of those older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and and. I think it's because movies are just so different. What is it, the first Disney movie that you're like the Disney movie that you think you have the strongest emotional connection to strongest emotional. I mean, again, the whole, like, you know, my wife and I's first date Emperor's new group, but let, let's, let's take that out of there. I, Hmm. That's actually a really interesting question because I was just a movie fanatic. Mm-hmm. And so, like the first Disney movie that I remember like watching over and over again was actually Cinderella weird, okay. weird vibe vibe there. And Snow White and the seven dwarfs too, were like my, the first two that I really remember watching over and over and over. Um, See, for it, me, it was, for me, it was Aladdin. Yeah. Al- like, Aladdin for me has the strongest emotional connection. You know what? I was it, the right age. Cause that was 93. I want to say. So I was 10. So, I mean, it, it was the perfect age range. I mean, it's Toy Story for me. I mean, I know okay. that's not Disney, that's Pixar. Well, it but, counts, though. Disney, but Pixar, it counts. Like Toy Story. And okay. really just I think, in- I think for your – that's interesting, though, because that came out in 94? 95. So you would have been – I would have been five going on six. Okay, so that, that makes sense. That would yeah. have been the right age range for you. Yeah. 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 So that was that was a movie that I just love. And really, that also imprinted 
Pixar on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think A Bug's Life is criminally underrated. Um, <laughs> we've uh, done A Bug's Life, haven't we? No, we haven't. Have you we ever seen A Bug's a, Life? I thought we, oh, yeah, I have. I thought we've oh. done A Bug's Life on here. We've not? No, no, I don't think so. All right, hold on. I, I'm, I'm challenging you because I, I swear we've not. I don't think we have. Because I watched it one day. But, but and per, I don't know why per my, I my comment earlier in the podcast, we have done over 200 episodes, yes. and I cannot remember everything I've said. <laughs> uh, Disney Movie Review Collection, you are correct. We have not done a Bug's Life. Yeah, okay. Bug's Life is actually pretty good. I, that, I do, I, of, of the Disney Pixar movies, I do feel that one is a little underrated. I actually do enjoy that one a little bit, which yeah, is unusual but, for me because you know how I am about, about yeah, Pixar. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but that's where, again, like I was imprinted with Pixar, and even I would say Mulan – also was really cool for me because you know I had an older sister and so I had a lot of like girl things so to speak Uh and Mulan was like the first princess movie that didn't feel like a princess movie and so I felt like oh this is really cool like she's fighting and there's a cool dragon and um, I was really excited about that movie too. So all things considered I will say that you have met your burden of convincing me that it is an underrated movie. You did not convince me to like it. And I don't think that's what you probably set out to do. No, I think you did lay out some really good points about why it's such an underrated movie and why it's underappreciated. And I think that's fair. I think it's, I think I think with all my convinced me, maybe I'm wrong again, can't remember what I said. I don't think I've ever sought out to tell someone, I think you should like this. That's I fair. think it's more because, because that's so hard. I mean, it, it, again, I recognize that if you hate dumb humor, you're going to hate this movie. <laughs> like, you're not going to like it at yeah, all. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, whereas, but if that's kind of your cup of tea, I think you're going to love this movie. And if it's, if, it's a, if it's a movie, if you're looking for something kind of new to watch, I, I think so often – we get into a like, man, I just want to watch something new or I've seen, I'm looking for just something different to watch. And da, da, da. Um, this is that movie. You should absolutely put on this movie. Um, it's, it's just, it's just a blast. I wish, well, there you go. I wish we could get a Mudka's Meat Hut restaurant somewhere. So um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting conversation. And I don't know. I mean, we can go into it a little bit here. I don't necessarily know if, if placement in the parks would be a, good ROI for the Walt Disney company, given that it is such a niche audience that's, that's looking for it. But you know, that said that generation, your generation that's in their thirties, you know, there is a certain level of nostalgia. So maybe it's almost makes me wonder, like as a way to capitalize on some of the nostalgia of these lesser recognized properties in the parks, you know, maybe you figure out a way to have like a, a rotating themed area it doesn't have to be a ride. Maybe it's a, again, a restaurant a rest area, a shopping venue, figure out a way to, to rotate some of these, you know, every year you bring in a new, a new collection or a new, a new theming. So one, you know, maybe, maybe it's just around when the anniversaries come out, you know, yeah. like, you know, the, the 20th anniversary of this, you know, we're going to put it in for a year, this stuff and then we're going to retheme it to this i'm also shocked they've never done like a like a, a disney afternoon themed area and like ducktales um you know tailspin darkwing duck chippendales rescue rangers themed areas like even at like disney springs or downtown disney um even if it was just a shop that had a bunch of merchandise for this stuff you know yeah 
like so, something that's like the, a throwback or uh, you know I love your idea of like a rotating collection mm-hmm. because I mean that's we talk about this with the ornaments that when that yeah. legacy collection comes out it's really cool to like see the ones that are having anniversaries and getting one that of a, a movie that you don't always have and it, and even at the Disney store we would see that when an anniversary comes yeah, out yeah 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 we get a mug we'd get a couple plush and seeing that kind of stuff was really really cool and i there's a market for that kind of for that there kind is. of thing there is even or even if like you okay maybe you don't do a themed area but maybe you do a a, a float for the year yeah you know like in the parade maybe you know Cusco and 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 Kronk and Yzma have a float for the year and then they rotate it out to whatever the next big thing was the following year you know yeah well, i just you think very so, easy... there's such a way to to do that you know there's an easy aesthetic for a, like a float there like that's yep. not hard to do no not at all um and even you know a pop-up restaurant a pop-up kiosk restaurant where or even something pop-up where it's a temp like it's meant to just okay we're just putting it here and it's here for three months and then we're taking it down yeah and because you could very easily you know mudka's meat hut in the in the um uh in the movie, it's this like pill bug thing that they eat. So have you know Disney develop a mac and cheese yep. that's that's Cusco theme that's served in this you know pill bug dish, and it's a special thing, limited time only, and, and it's and mud. Because bring, bring the characters out during that time too. Yeah, I'll tell you that one that one trip I took back in 2016 with my mom. And I went to, to Hollywood Studios with my mom, and we came across Max from a Goofy movie. Now, I know that, um, you know, when you find those lesser-known characters, it's oftentimes cast members kind of earning their ears, and I get that. But there is a market for these characters. My friend Jason, I'm going to ask you a question. My friend Jason, Jason, I know you listen to the show from time to time, so if you're listening, hi. Um, my friend Jason just went down to Walt Disney World with his family, his his um, Maverick and McKenna and, and his um his wife and they went down for the Halloween party. You know who they ran into down there? A character who I have never seen available as a character meet and greet? Abu. Oh. Abu. Abu, Aladdin, Jasmine, and the genie. Wow. For pictures. For pictures. Now I've seen the genie before. I have never ever seen Abu out and about for pictures. Why Disney doesn't figure out a way to do more of that? That's the thing that boggles my mind right now. They are at capacity. They are they are so at capacity that it's affecting the user experience. And we've talked about this numerous times on the show. You don't have to go and buy them, buy a multi or build a multi billion or million dollar ride. All you got to do is go put some character meet and greets up in some select areas of the park to suck some of that traffic away. To which they have the costumes for all. They this. do. Like I don't understand somewhere. it. I don't understand it. You have got it put them up that will suck some of the capacity off of those rides and people will still feel like they're getting an experience i just and again some of these these lesser known characters or, or or lesser shown characters could be a huge win for them and and frankly you know some people might travel down to walt disney world to get an autograph from yzma you know like it just uh, might if, happen or cusco or kronk oh my gosh if they were to announce that kronk is appearing in the parks you bet that I am waiting in line to take a picture mm-hmm. with Kronk. Yep, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yep. I, I am absolutely doing that. I have seen in international parks, I've seen the K-1 
characters of Cusco Pacha, Yzma, and Kronk in a parade. And 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 you point out with the parade flow, like even just put them in a parade, yeah. like just just have them walk around, have them walk around, have them walk around and give them high fives like that. That would be yes. It. I'm I'm so, I'm so into that. Disney, if you're listening, which I'd like to think that you are, that's an idea for your next 100 years, which is my transition point. Ooh. Did you see the art that came out of D23 this weekend for the 100th anniversary? I've I seen so much Facebook. going on. I, I saw I, I did see that art, and I saw Gonzo on that art. <laughs> There's Gonzo's on there. Uh, Orange Bird is on there. The Muppets are on there. The Star Wars is on there. Marvel is on there. Disney is on there. Oswald is on there. Um, the, the the guy who designed it, whose name is escaping me at the moment, he, he had posted it took him many, many months to do it. It is a phenomenal piece of art talking about Disney's 100th year as we move into 2023. Um, you know, we said this on the podcast on the very first episode. It is the golden time to be a, a Disney fan. Ladies and gentlemen, we are moving into 100 years of Disney. This next year, everything basically from, I would say, this point through the end of 2023 is, I, I can't wait for D23 two oh, weeks yeah. right now. And then whatever they have planned for next year. But this is like the golden era of Disney fandom. And just hold on to your pants because I think we're in for a ride. I really Well, do. did you see the first look at the Moana attraction? Yes. Like, oh my God. That looks great. It looks fantabulous. It looks absolutely fantabulous. I've heard rumors that they might be using some of the same technology that they use at Alani. Uh, the, 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 the walk through um, a scavenger hunt they do up there with the water and the different magic and stuff. I've heard they might be bringing some of that. So that looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I know we criticize and, and I think some of that criticism is absolutely warranted. Warranted, Yeah. But man, they can still put out a good product. <laughs> put out the best product, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Universe Orlando is amazing and they've got some amazing stuff, but Disney Imagineers, they know how to do it. They absolutely do. So, so segue here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Boom! shameless plug. If you are looking to plan your next magical trip, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Alani, Universal Orlando, Universal Hollywood, uh, a Cruise, Sandals. Um, if you're looking to plan your next trip, whatever it is, I am an authorized vacation planner now with the Walt Disney Company, along with Universal Studios and many others. I can help you with that. And for many of these trips, including the ones to any Disney destination and Universal, it costs you nothing extra to use me whatsoever. Um, my my pay comes straight from Disney in that regard, right? So why not? Why not let my ears of experience, see what I said that they're ears Same. of experience, or Matt's ears of experience. I've got a friend. I've got plenty of friends in this area, uh, in this area of expertise, to help you plan your trip. You can find me at sorcerernetwork.com. There's a, you know, a, a thing at the top that says plan your vacation and you can fill out the initial interest form. Check me out on Facebook. I would love for you to give me a like. Uh, it's just facebook.com slash magical Casey. Um, the way it works is just there's an intro, initial interest form you can fill out um, and it just asks you, what do you want to do? And then I'll contact you. And we'll plan it out. And if you're one of those people who likes to be in control and like, you know, I want to do the magical, I want to do the my Disney experience. I, absolutely. You can do any of that or I can do it all for you. It doesn't make a difference. I can do little or all, but let me help you book it. Let me get you the get you in. 
um, and then give you my tips and tricks. I actually just came up with the top things to do at each of the four parks. It's a little attachment that um, I send out when someone books with me to give them here. Here's my take on what you should do when you're in the parks. Um, so anyway, find me sorceretnetwork.com. You can email me Casey Woolley at Main Street and More travel.com that is who i am with um matt what are we doing next week what is our episode next week do you know i have no idea all right let's um, take a look here what are we because <laughs> technically i'm not gonna be able to record on saturday like i normally would but yeah, so let me try i have i have a guy lined up that i may uh i may try to record oh with, next so. week's supposed to be fun next week's a fun episode it's what do you rope drop what do you individually lightning lane what do you genie plus and what do you stand by and what do you skip in each part? ah yes that's a fun one so we might because i'm not available to record next week that might not be the one we do but that one is coming up we might push um, it yeah we might push it we might even just skip next week because of labor day we'll have to see how it goes but yeah we'll um but anyway um it is closing time right it, it yes is. so absolutely. how do they get a hold of us you can email us uh beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. SorcererNetwork.com, as Casey said, you can find us there. And uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Um, tell a friend. Uh, you know, we, again, we have oh, we have a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's not just us. You've got Discontinued on Display, too. Um, and you're, you're in the themed experiences. You're kind of winding down the season here pretty soon. We only have two more episodes. We yeah, just finished so, Loblo Island. Yeah, so I was just looking to see here. So here's, if you have not tuned into Matt's Mistress podcast, Discontinued on Display, um, here he's doing season four themed experiences. They've done the Disney Store, Time Town, Serial City USA, Showbiz Pizza, Ozland, Discovery Zone, Dog Patch USA, which I have no clue what that is. Well, do you know uh, um, the Lil Abner comics? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Body Wars and Cranium Command, which I think was a Disney thing, right? Yeah, that's Disney. Yep. And then Boblo Island, for those of you who were from the Midwest, Detroit area, you'll remember Boblo Island. And then you've got coming up. What's the next one you have coming up? I think it's Marine Land. That was a fan yeah. request. Yeah. I and then so. we're finishing up the season with Hard Rock Park. Ooh, uh, I didn't even know they had a park. Oh, oh, they did, and it oh, it it is, it is a well. fabulous story. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear that one. Okay, so if you're not so if you're not subscribing to that podcast, definitely take a look at that. So, all right, well, it is closing time. Let's go ahead and raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. And in case we don't talk to you before Labor Day, have a fabulous Labor Day, everybody. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.